Here's what you missed from the subscriber-only podcast last week. Well, my bold call of the week is Atlanta wins this game by about 10 points. Uh, I love Atlanta in this game. I really do. And you'll hear as we start going through. So that leads me to Matt Ryan a tiny bit. I do like him. I'm not afraid of this Carolina secondary. I know they're not as bad as, you know, we thought they could be without Norman. They're not as good as they were with Norman last year. I, I have a full-on boner for Julio Jones this week at, like, 5%. I got him fucking everywhere. I just love attacking Sharice Wright. We talked about it last week with uh, Allen Robinson going against him. And so I'm really liking Crabtree a little bit more in that game for a little bit less money. Will Fuller is yes. $3,100 cheaper, and I think that he could have just as good of a game and is going to be lower up. My favorite play of the day for the price and for the ownership is actually Mark Ingram on a lot of levels. Uh, 5900 over there on DK is just way too cheap. Jordan Reed might be my favorite play from that game. Steve Smith on DJ Hayden. Uh, you guys know I love my Steve Smith cheap. Yeah, and he's um, got yep. Parrish Cox, who we like pick on every week at fantasyguruelite.com. Um, yeah, we love Cox at Guru Elite. Um, uh, man crush this week on Julio Jones. Fucking all in. I will be the only one who's all in on Julio Jones. 16 catches for 266 yards and a touchdown against Carolina last year, who was a better defense then with Josh Norman then than they are now. That is just stupid numbers. I love Atlanta to win this game. What up? Let's get weird. It's the Fantasy Guru Elite free podcast. This is for week five. We do these once a week. We have our paid subscriber podcast, which we run every Saturday where we give you guys the good stuff. This is uncensored. So I will tell you this up front. This is an uncensored podcast. So if you are listening in the car or with children or with anyone with morals, you might want to have them cover their ears or tune away. I will be trying to pump out a censored one for those of you who want to listen with your kids and family. Uh, But this is the uncensored one, so we're going to be cursing a lot in here. So I want to introduce my co-hosts and partners in crime. First, Kevin Adams, Magic Sports Guy. You can find him on Twitter, at Magic Sports Guy. What's up, Kev? Tommy G, how we doing? You coming down from your Julio Jones uh, weekend yet? Yeah, no, I'm still still riding high. I'm sick as a dog here, though. So I'm going to fight through this for the podcast. Uh, speaking of sick as a dog, somehow, magically, it must have been our over-the-phone makeout session, but my boy <laughs> Jeff Collins, at Jeff K. Collins on Twitter, is also sick. So, Jeff, we're going to fight through this together today, right, bro? I know, dude. So, I just got home from Laguna Beach. Like I mentioned on our last podcast, I was down there for a little bit. So, I think my body is just rejecting that whole idea. Like, my body still wants to be in Laguna Beach, and it is not happy right now. Yeah, so I mean, Jeff. Jeff gave all of Laguna gonorrhea this weekend. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, so as we said, this podcast. Tommy, is that's big. your role in the company, dude. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm syphilis, AIDS, and herpes. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff's the director of gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> this one's free, like we said, for you guys. So we're not going to go too crazy into the analysis, as we've stated before. I know this is some of you guys' first time listening. Uh, that's for subscribers only. So freeloaders, you can go fuck yourself. But we will give you guys a little bit of game theory. We'll talk a little bit about the Thursday night slate. We'll talk a little bit about the week that was. Tommy, freeloaders are potential future clients. You do realize how that works, right? <laughs> yes. But until they are clients, they are freeloaders, and okay. they can kiss my ass. So if you guys have any complaints about us not giving all the picks in this, you can send an email to buyasubscription at suckit.com, and uh, we'll be sure to answer those requests. But, yeah, we'll give you guys a little bit of game theory. We'll talk a little bit about this week's upcoming chalk. As you guys know, part of the reason why we don't go too deep on this one, too, is because it's early in the week. And I personally probably spend about 18 hours between noon Friday and, you know, late night Saturday doing research. That's really when I grind down. And uh, Kevin and Jeff, I know you guys are the same. So for those of you who are not subscribed, we killed it last week at Guru Elite. Uh, subscribers, I mean, I don't think I've ever got more tweets in my life. We were all all in Julio Jones and others. We'll talk about that in a minute. If you guys do want to sign up, you can go to fantasyguruelite.com and you can click the subscribe button and you have options for packages. You could do one month option. You could do the season option. You could do the season option with the algorithm and optimizer, which Kev, that thing has just been straight shredding it, right? 
Yeah, it continues to, to kill it, man, especially on those small slates. But it's cashed four for four on the DraftKings main slate as well on most, almost all 50-50 contests. It's pretty unbelievable how consistent it's been. We've made fun of it and it's love for Steve Smith all year. And it's yeah. just like Steve Smith just keeps smashing. And right. so it's like kind of like don't, be, you know, give the Algo a chance and load it up as is in your cash game lineups. And then if you want to play multiple lineups to throw in, you know, the Tommy G lineup, that's probably the best way to go right now for cash game players. Cause we get a lot of questions like, Hey, I'm more cash game, not really GPP. Um, and that's a great way to go. Yeah. Cause the three of us tend to be more GPP oriented. Um, you know, Jeff has made it very well known, you know, his success with qualifying for live finals and hitting GPPs, you know, um, the G and Tommy G stands for GPP. And then obviously Kevin's a big GPP player too. So the algo and the cash game article are what we're really leaning on for the cash games. Uh, new this week too, Rad Thad, our newest hire, is going to be doing a Fantasy Aces article, correct, Kevin? Yes, and he's going to be starting working with Jeff uh, in concert for basketball, which is coming up. So he's, you know, mainly basketball hire, but definitely like, I mean, he took down $10,000 on Fantasy Aces in week one, and he's been to consecutive Fantasy Aces live finals. And I believe he won a Fantasy Aces final. So yeah, if we're, we're going to ever put anyone yeah. on Fantasy Aces. He's the Fantasy Aces guy, for like, sure. He's definitely going to be our guy. But he's also just like, you know, he's he breathes, lives, and sleeps basketball. So that's yeah. going to be really exciting because basketball is right on the corner, right, Jeff? No, absolutely. So basketball is something that is a huge passion of mine. For the people that know me, uh, certainly know that. But for the people that don't, like, I play all the sports, and I'm, I consider myself very good at all the sports, but basketball is just the one I love. And I think you're going to see that come out in the shows and the content that we do because this opportunity, one reason I took it is because it gives me a lot of control to do whatever I want and do things the way I think are going to be the right way and the most helpful for our subscribers. So I think we're all going to make a lot of money this year in NBA. Yeah. And, and the big thing that we're doing here, as I started to mention about the subscriptions, uh, you know, we'd like to let you guys, you know, sample a little bit. That's why we do some free stuff because, you know, we're, we're always trying to build our subscriber base. But at the same token, unlike other sites out there who like to give, you know, not going to rip all of them, but a lot of them in general, give too much stuff for free. And a lot of it's, you know, kind of garbage. You know, we know our stuff's good. We know our stuff's legit and we want our subscribers to be protected. That's something we've always lived by. So we're going to be keeping pretty much everything that's gold behind the paywall, including videos, including podcasts, including uh, Jeff's articles and breakdowns. And we're going to do cheat sheets for NBA and, you know, we'll probably, I don't want to say right now, but at some point in the very near future, have even like chats and forums and stuff like that. So, you know, that stuff will all be for subscribers only so that you guys know the information you're paying for from us isn't getting pumped out to the public on Twitter and stuff. So for this month, any of you guys that do sign up for an NFL package, uh, whether it's the one month or whether it's the full season, which is a much better deal, uh, you will get all sports for this month for free. And that includes NBA. And we're going to be starting even doing preseason NBA, right, Jeff? When's that, when's that starting? Yeah, so we're going to start with the preseason immediately. By the time that this pod is launched, I think that we will probably have stuff out. So um, really looking forward to that. Benny's going to be doing a lot of stuff in that regards as we're getting everything going for the regular season behind the scenes. Yeah, so you'll get to test the NBA product out for the whole rest of the month. On top of hockey, I mean, Mad Labs and NBA, I mean, this is uh, MMA. This might be the last month you have anything free for MMA. We've had a tremendous outcry for Mad Labs. And follow him on Twitter, at MadLab76, my boy Mikey Iorato. Uh, he's a freaking beast in NBA, uh, NBA, MMA. I'm sorry, I'm sick. But absolute monster in UFC. So we have that. We have NASCAR out there with my boy Trevor. Uh, we have JAE doing golf right now. He's a number one ranked DFS golf guy in the country. So you're getting all that free this month. So sign up at fantasyguruelite.com for any NFL package and get that free. So as for NFL this weekend, I'm going to kick to you guys first. Jeff, how did your weekend go in NFL? Weekend overall was pretty good. I was, I was disappointed thinking that I had a horrible week because I had zero Julio Jones, which we, I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Oh, don't worry. You think so, huh? Yeah, <laughs> we will definitely get to that at some point, I promise you. But I went through – I was going through my Millionaire Maker lineups. You know, I just put in – every single lineup I build, I also put in the Millionaire Maker too. I don't build any additional lineups for, for the Millionaire Maker. I noticed they all cash. I was like, oh, man, like that's not horrible, you know. So 
when you look at it uh, as a whole, like I nailed a lot of things, right? It's just, if I would have had Julio and listened to my boy, Tommy, I could have had a, just a monster weekend like he did. But I mean, listen to, to cash pretty much all your lineups without Julio is a feat in and of itself this weekend. That actually might be more impressive than kind of luck boxing a little bit in the Julio. I mean, I don't think I saw 300 yards coming, but are uh, you being uh, humble right now? Oh my God. What is this? Cause I'm about to fucking rip your head off in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured I would just soften it up right now. Give me carte blanche to just fucking decapitate you. And like, buying drinks before he fucks you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just lube. I got the KY jelly out right now. That's all this is. Uh, Kev, Kev, how'd your weekend go? I know you. I know you. You did okay. You coming off a couple real white hot weeks where you were, you know, on fire for the first couple weeks. So how'd you do this week? I mean, I basically broke even, man. I I had some Julio, uh, you know, in GPP exposure, basically to just hedge hearing shit from you. Uh, but <laughs> just to make sure if it went off, you didn't have to hear. Pretty much, that. like I'll, I'll we do that a lot though, too, don't we, Tommy? Like, yeah, no, I do. Yeah. Especially in baseball, like if we're having a pitcher, like we'll stack against the pitcher in like a lower dollar tournament just to like lower the the blunt of when that said pitcher gets blown up, you know? Yep, 100%. So, For the record, I don't, but I don't knock it. That's I do it. I, mean, I am the master. I'm probably – I've been doing this for – since I remember back in my first weeks on FanDuel back in 2011 or 12, whenever I started, that – I was like already throwing out hot takes in the FanDuel chat, like just trying to be different and piss people off. And then I would always throw out these crazy hot takes, and then I would go stack against that pitcher just in case. So that way, if the hot takes fall apart, at least I can make some money on it. So I've been doing this kind of head stack philosophy, which I love. And it's, it's more effective in baseball, I guess, than any other sport because yeah. the pitcher is so important. But yeah, it can't hurt to hedge yourself a little bit. Do you bit play more. crafts, Jeff? Craps? No, I don't. Pretty much all the other casino games, though. Okay. Don't pass line you're talking about? Or? Well, I just mean, like, you know, I'm the guy. I'll end up having, like, just, you know, dollar bets on, like, everything. I just love hedging it all over the You just love game. winning. <laughs> I hate hedging. Well, no, when, when a guy will end up on one of those streaks, on, like, one of those 20 rolls, you know, it's amazing when you have shit spread out all over the table. I mean, you just, just rake it in. But anyway, back to football. I, one more casino thing. I'm the yeah. guy who puts a uh, 100 bucks on eight uh, on the roulette wheel as he's walking oh, by. Okay. I'm not a hedger. Yeah, I'm the guy who wins like five grand in five hours on like the hottest blackjack run ever and then goes, let's put it on red and buy a tape. <laughs> and, and then it hits black and I blame God. <laughs> and you go cry yourself yeah, to sleep. Crap's <laughs> fucking worst luck ever. Was, yeah, that's, that's my fucking life. So uh, I had a phenomenal weekend. Um, as probably everyone knows, whenever I have a good weekend, I make sure to let everyone know. And by the way, every tout out there and non-tout and DFS player who says, you know, why are you guys like retweeting when people win money on your site? Like it's spamming my timeline. I don't give a shit about you or your timeline, honestly. It's we're running a business and we have clients and our clients killed this weekend. And you know what? One, it makes them feel good when the people that they're subscribing to notice them and, and point out that they did good and comment on it. And two, it's good for business. I'm not going to lie that when other people see like, wow, everyone on this site made money last week. So if you guys make money, let's screenshot extra this week just to piss everyone else off. <laughs> Fuck the whole industry. All right. We're going to do a screenshot mafia. We're going to get that started. And let's just flood timelines because it's not my fault that some of you people out there in the Twitterverse, your only life is Twitter. And you can't quit me or anyone else. And you can't put me on mute because I'm too goddamn entertaining for you. So <laughs> deal with it. Either, either mute me or bounce. So my weekend was phenomenal. Um, coming off my worst weekend, honestly, ever in NFL the week before. So, you know, came out swinging last week. Uh, did really well. Hit for about 40K. And I'm still kind of tilted about it, believe it or not. Because I, was, I didn't just have Julio. I, I was definitely the president of the Julio fan club. All the touts all of a sudden now want to come out and say they were on Julio because they had like <laughs> 20 lineups and he was on two of them. And those are the ones that made money. We made it. We hear it. Fantasyguruelite.com. I made him the cover boy of the write-up. There was a lot of people who you could have made the cover boy. It's rarely going to be a 5% owned wide receiver. Made him the cover boy. Made the title. He won't be denied. Spent about five minutes on the podcast talking about how I believe the exact words were. I had a boner for him this week. Um, honestly didn't think he'd go for 300 yards, obviously, but did think he would be the number one wide receiver actually was going to make a bet with you guys that he would be. So 
you know, I, I was all in on that. A uh, little bit tilted, though, so we'll talk about a couple of the good things and bad things. I want to start with a couple of the tilts from this weekend that really drove me nuts. Mark Ingram. Oh, my God. This fucking Kuhn. Jake. I mean, Kuhn is the king of vultures. His, his last name should be Vulture. He's been doing this since Green Bay. But I was all in Ingram also, who ended up scoring, I think, 23 DraftKings points and got vultured for three touchdowns. Not one, not two, but three one-yard touchdowns he got vultured for, that would have been a tremendous amount more money. Probably would have put me in six figures had he got a couple of those. Uh, Ty Williams falling down at the one-yard line on a one-yard screen pass wasn't fun. And Antonio Brown's game flow really stuck a dagger in me. The second I hit you – know you know when you get to that point at the night, guys, when you know you can't go any lower, you can only go up? You know, like, you know when you're sitting at the top and you don't have any minutes left and you know you have nowhere to go but down? Like, Kev, remember the first week you won 70 grand? I do. And you were at like 110, and you were like, oh, shit, I can't go anywhere but down. And you every, ended up minute, every minute equaled about $2,500. Right, it was just leaking, and you ended up holding at 70. Well, I had that situation on Sunday night where I was at 40, and I couldn't go anywhere but up, and the game flow and pitch just stopped, and Antonio Brown ended the game with nothing. So that's what kind of pissed me off this weekend, cost me a little bit. Uh, any tilts for you guys? Any things that really kind of fucked you this weekend? Oh, this okay. is – Oh, go okay. ahead, Jeff. You first. I was going to say, like, I talked about on the podcast how I was going to build a lot of lineups around Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. That's exactly yeah. what I did. So Le'Veon Bell ended up crushing, but David Johnson, if he could have got, like, 10 more points, that could have made up for Julio almost. Not that um, he would have equaled Julio's points or anything, but just that I got so much right that I just needed a little bit more to really have uh, a really good weekend. So um, David Johnson, that – with him having so many, so many combos of those two running backs, um, would have been nice to get a little more from him. Kev? Yeah, my thing was Cam getting hurt. Like, I know you're going to jump all over this, but, I mean, he had just got a touchdown finally after playing just horrifically for the whole game. Who would have guessed? Two, got the two-point conversion. <laughs> I know you're fine. Uh, and just all those Derek Anderson points were just tilting, you know? like Yeah, I, no, that, would, that was frustrating. I mean, had you, had you read the uh... – the Tommy G rundown, I believe I actually predicted that Cam would get hurt. Did I not? I was going to say that is actually your most creepy call of all time. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did – when he got hurt, I literally was – I like, predicted the third quarter, too, and he got hurt with, like, three minutes into the fourth quarter. And he got hurt at the end of the second, too. He got hurt, like, in the last play of the second quarter and, like, one of the first plays of the fourth quarter. So, But what's funny is if you guys remember in the first article that I wrote this year – I'll have about six or seven injury calls a year. I've had two so far. I was wrong on the first one. I was right on the cam one. They're weird, but for some reason, I hit it like probably a 30 to 40% clip on these injury calls. It was a thing at my other company that I worked at. And uh, so if you see me right that someone's going to get injured, a lot of times there is some reason behind it. I mean, Cam was banged up coming into the game. His offensive line is in trouble, and I hate him. I, I don't like Cam Newton personally, and I, know he's, and I know he's a quitter. And like I said, Atlanta wins this game by 10-plus points. So I know Cam's the type of guy that the second all of a sudden things go bad, he's, and he just winds himself out of the game. So I'm not a big Cam Newton fan, but that was pretty Nostradamus of me. Um, touts, I mean, I already talked about mine enough. Julio Jones, Steve Smith, and Ingram on almost 100% of my lineups. Uh, Kev, I know you were all in on Crabtree. That worked out phenomenal. I wish I had more of him. Yeah, that saved me. And it's amazing. We talked about it too, how he's always so low owned, which is yeah. crazy. Like just people don't like to it's kinda of, don't you guys think with wide receivers, people like to go way up or way down, like the middle guys sometimes. Yeah, they lost. always they fall into the radar for sure. Especially yeah. a number two wide receiver. You know, like he's not the number one I think he's he's pretty much the number one right now, but right. he's not the number one on his even his own team, so he ends up falling under. And, and Jeff, think, you had oh, Jeff might have had the Jeff might have had the best call of the weekend because I was wrong on this. Um, we had a little debate on the last podcast about DeAndre Hopkins, and Jeff made a pretty ballsy-ass call. I'll tout for you, Jeff, since you're humble. <laughs> he had a ballsy-ass call where I said something about DeAndre Hopkins, and he said he actually liked Will Fuller better, cheaper, and then went on to say, I think Will Fuller actually beats DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't know if it was on the pod or us talking off air, but you actually almost made a bet with me that, Fuller was going to beat Hopkins' output regardless of price. Yeah, I was pretty confident that it was at least at, at, the, at a minimum about 50% chance that he was going to, and he was definitely going to be lower owned and definitely cheaper. So there was no reason for me to play 
Will uh, to play Hopkins when I could play Will Fuller at a discount. So I had a lot of Will Fuller. He ended up doing really well. I was pretty pretty happy with those results, of course. Yeah, so I'm sure that's part of the reason that between Fuller and a couple of the other plays, that probably helped you a lot, you know, even missing Julio. Yeah. You made up for it in those spots. So, you know, a couple of things we looked at from last week, we already talked about. I think we realized going forward, I want to touch on Melvin Gordon. Uh, this is a controversial topic. Kevin's bragging that he was right because Melvin Gordon scored, what, 20-something points last week. Me and Jeff are saying he averaged one yard to carry. I'm aware of how the it. points were produced. I'm just saying, like, in the end, I was right. Yeah, let's, let's be 100% results-oriented. That's he right. averaged 1.9 yards per carry. Well, so 19 carries for 36 yards. <laughs> yeah. After 16, you that one, 35, man. Oh, the my Nostra God. Adams. That's right. <laughs> Honestly, like you showed us there, really, because it's really surprising that a running back scored a touchdown against the New Orleans <laughs> in a game that there was like seventy points scored. Like that's honestly not surprising at all. Like the lead back is going to get goal line touches. So yeah, whatever. I mean, I was a little I tilted. On- what I, I guarantee Vegas had his touchdown props is one of the highest of the day. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't know. I actually, yeah, I mean, I'm sure obviously- he was one of the highest, like by far. Right. Obviously, it worked out. So, yeah, we have to give you props there. I don't like him. I don't like him, but whatever. Well, that's what I'm saying. Had, we need to... I also had Mark Ingram in my Wednesday, Thursday cheat sheet. Did you steal that from me, Tommy? What? I, as, know. As a, a, I had John Kuhn in mine. First of all, no offense, I don't read your fucking cheat sheets. <laughs> but, not that they're not great. I just don't read anyone's stuff of my own. But I talked about the San Diego defense, how I love them versus running backs like crazy. Yes, Do I not always talk about that? After those yes. Were released. Yes, yes. No, I did not steal it from you. Although people have been raving about your cheat sheets, I will give you that. But I just I, – how, how do you guys deal with this? This would be good for subs, I guess, too. I don't even read your guys' stuff that much. I mean, I get to talk to you guys on the pod, but I don't go through too much other stuff. Like, what's – I guess for us it would be a little bit different because we already have our process to find it anything. For, for a newer, newer player – and, Jeff, I guess to start with you with this – like, how much analysis is too much analysis? Like, where, what should these guys do? Well, I mean, I think you can take a little bit from everyone, right? Like, the the great thing is that you, Kevin, and I all do articles that touch on things that are a little bit different. Um, my article is pretty much just talking about low percentage guys, low owned percentage guys that are going to be um that have a chance to get some really good upside so um that combined with kevin's article and his cheat sheets combined with your article i think people could kind of take a lot away and you don't need much more than those uh articles you know but um yeah it's hard for me because i'm a data guy just go through all the data look at stuff and then uh go on shows and talk about them so it's a little bit different for me what about you kev how much how much analysis i know you look at a little bit of the guru rankings and stuff and you know, you touch on that a little bit, but how much outside analysis do you actually do? Yeah, I especially look over there just to kind of know where our, like our sister site, kind of know who they're on. Uh, I really do evaluate. They're, they're really big into tape watching. I mean, they literally watch every single play. Right. And, you know, most the DFS community doesn't usually get into that in-depth football study um, with the X's and O's. So I really do try to look over there. And then I'm looking at, you know, a lot of football outsiders and pro football focus as far as individual matchups, individual rankings, and then defensive ski, you know, lines, def- offensive lines, and then kind of making my own judgments. Cause I feel like that's where the edge is comes in DFS when you maybe take your own, take all the information that we give you and then you come to a conclusion on your own. Yeah. Uh, but then again, I've been also just playing the algorithm every week too, you know, just so yeah. like, cause it's fun to just click a single button load up a lineup and cash some money on it. It's also good if you have three kids and a job and you don't have the, the time that some people have to put in on the research. Yeah, yeah Tommy, let, let me jump in there real quick again. So here's actually something I dealt with when I was first getting really getting into DFS and just fantasy sports in general, just trying to consume as much as I possibly could. And you get people who are uh, doing the same thing. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch as much game film as possible and stuff and, you know, just read every single article I can. And then especially with the game film, like I asked them, like, what what do you – are you sure you really get enough out of that because you're not trained to even watch game film, you know? So just make sure that um, you're doing things that you're going to be able to get something out. Just putting in a bunch of hours doing things that you think make sense 
uh, doesn't always correlate into better success. That's a great point. Yeah, it is. And I think uh, one of the things that, and the reason why I said I don't read a lot of other people's stuff is because my edge is really being super contrarian. And I read enough. I, I focus on Twitter and I do a lot of stuff to find out where the chalk is. But once I find out where the chalk is, I stop doing analysis. Like once I have a good feel on where the chalk's sitting through checking out a bunch of other sites, then I go on my own because there's a lot of situations with, you know, guys like Julio and even Mark Ingram, who was fairly lowly owned. You know, I don't want to end up gravitating onto other people's stuff. Just because you're alone on someone doesn't make it wrong. It mm -hmm. just means maybe the data isn't all lining up and you're seeing something else or you have a feeling on it. And I think a lot of this is a feel game. I know we've gotten very into the analytical side, but a lot of this is still feel. Sometimes you have some conscious, subconscious analysis that you really can't quantify that makes you feel like it's just a gut feeling, but there really is data behind it and you need to kind of trust those instincts on some level. So let's talk about uh, this week coming up a little bit. Uh, I did want to touch on Melvin Gordon there when we were saying it. So is Melvin Gordon a guy while we're on that topic that we're basically just going to be targeting in bad matchups or is he a guy you're still going to be on for volume purposes? Kevin. I feel like his price is now getting a serious yeah, issue. Because that's the thing. He's getting up like, there now. Like can we go, can we drive him back down to 5K? I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> but if he's going to go up into that, into anywhere near Lev Bell or, or David Johnson, he's, you know, his run in Kevin's lineups is officially over. You know? He's winning 1,000 on DraftKings. I know that. He's 7,000 in yeah, DJ. That's so. getting too close for me, man. Yeah. So. Uh, any other players? The Terrell Pryor party is the – I mean, I thought that was a great fade still. I don't care what anyone says for GPPs. Um, he did score a touchdown, which did help him tremendously. But, I mean, if you look at it, he had, you know, what, five catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. Scored 15 points, definitely, you know, hit value. He basically did about three and a half X, almost four X there. But um, is he a guy who, against New England this week, we're going to be on? He's been seeing a ton of targets. He's at 33 targets in the last three weeks. The big takeaway for me, Tom, was that he had zero snaps as a quarterback. So it's like it, it's a game. You have one. A one, huh? Yeah. I apologize. One. Well, so I'm just <laughs> saying it really wasn't part of the game plan, you know. Um, yeah. But that doesn't mean it won't be this week, you know. Like maybe they, they bust that out again. So to me, just that everyone was kind of building those numbers into his projections. Like I don't know if we can just do that as much. And his – the thing with him too is his price is going up. So well, that's the thing. Now he's getting into like the big boy territory. So I was wrong. I'll eat shit for that last week as far as um, saying I don't like him, but you know, I did hedge. I mean, it didn't <laughs> go that life. crazy. I did in my cash game. Well, look, yeah. since I'm the one guy that was you pretty high on him, let you me were. give my case on what, what happened there. So I think, um, what ended up happening was about the worst possible thing that anyone could have projected for him reasonably is that he only played one quarterback at uh, one snap at quarterback, which I don't think anyone thought was going to happen. And he got shadowed by Josh Norman literally every single play. Yep. And he still put up 15 DraftKings points. Like that's, it's a great there, you couldn't have projected a worse scenario for him. And he still had 15 DraftKings points. So well, I was looking at it like, ah, that was a little bit of run which, bad. Which whereas, is a little bit touchdown dependent. And if we're going to say that for Gordon, we definitely have to make the same. Right, exactly. But, receiver, you know? No, absolutely. But like you said, if you're going to project touchdowns for anyone in that offense, Terrell Pryor has to receive he, a huge he touchdown. He definitely had the largest player prop on the Browns. Yeah. Or, and, I mean, we could also talk about the debate we had where I said there's no chance that Josh Norman isn't shadowing him. You said if he starts to go off. That's what I said. If he has three for 30 or four for 40 in the first quarter, Josh Norman will be on him the whole game. But by then, he's halfway to value already. Still, but I mean, exactly, but, but he didn't yeah. hit anything else after that. Like, no, he, he was covered by him the whole time. Oh, I, well, I didn't even look at the first He caught a touchdown on him. Yeah, and the fade on Fandle didn't hurt you at all at 7K, not whatsoever. Well, no, no, Fandle. Yeah. Yeah. So going forward on prior, though. We have to wane on him a little bit. Yeah, the price takes him out of consideration. Yeah. So, so looking forward to this week, looking at some of the kind of – first of all, Benny. Uh, Benny Ricciardi is phenomenal. Does, he did a, what, 8,000-word touch-and-target article 8, again this week. 8,200 words. He's like uh, – he's, he's a machine. Man, he's, yeah. he's, he's a robot. So definitely check that out. Basically, I don't know how the kid did this. Breaks down every single team and just thousands of words on where the touches and targets went. Amazing. So that's something you definitely need to check on. We're going to basically go into the Thursday game in a second, and we're going to go into some chalk for this weekend, just so if you guys are setting Thursday lineups, you kind of know where the chalk's going to be. 
So in your, you know, playboy cues and things like that, you know who to fade. Before we do that, I always like to kind of take a quick glance at the Vegas lines. Obviously, we're going to wait in a lot of the gambling aspect of this. That was a big thing that put me on Matt Ryan and Julio last week, just because I was really big on the Atlanta winning that game by 10 plus points. So obviously, I have to love the offensive side of the ball. Looking at this week right now, uh, I don't see a line out for Carolina Tampa just because we have the Cam Newton concussion uh, situation going on. That's There's Monday, Monday anyway. Yeah, Monday night game. Yeah, but we're talking Thursday night slate. Too, That's true. Night, so that'll be on there. But um, I did fuck that up, though, but good catch. So looking at this, there's really only one game with a total over 48 as of now. Again, I, I printed this out yesterday, so this might be my lines might have moved a tiny bit. But it looks like the San Diego Chargers-Oakland Raiders game is a 50 total. Everything else is 48 and down. A um, couple games on here that kind of jump out at me just at first glance. That Jets-Steelers game is very interesting. Uh, 48 total. And there's one on here that looks low, and I want your guys' take on it. The Philly at the Lions. Yes. Red, 46 total. This is one of those where we either say, like, what the fuck is Vegas thinking, or maybe Vegas knows something. Which side are you on, Jeff? It's certainly one that just stood out to me. As yeah. you were saying that, I'm like, he's, I know exactly which game he's going to mention right now. Um, so, yeah, it's too early for me to have made a stand on what I think Vegas is trying to say here, but – if forced to bet, I'm certainly taking the over right now. So it's interesting because you get Carson Wentz for the Eagles on the road here in Detroit in a dome, and you, you just got to figure out what the dynamics of that are going to be. Detroit's defense hasn't been particularly good, but they do have Slay. They do have some guys that are good defenders. So, um, you know, keep an eye on that one because I do think that that one does have some shootout potential. There's some more obvious ones, too like the Chargers and Raiders, that's a 51 projected total. Everyone's going to gravitate towards that game. But, Kevin, what stands out to you, man? I have it at 49.5, but, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's that's definitely the number one on the slate is the Oakland. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, I and I may be right, it looks like this thing opened at 52.5, and, and it's actually now at, like, 50, uh, trending to the under. So, I can wow. see it, being, it looks like that thing is moving uh, to the downside pretty heavily. Now, again, I'm not – you know, on the normal sites that I go on for this. So but well, that Detroit, does look like it's trending down right now. Going back to the Detroit Philly, I think it's, it's the 32nd and 20th as far as pace of play. So it's two relatively slow teams going at each other. And I and then the Philly defense has, man, I kept waiting good, for them yeah. to fall off. They're not going to be falling off, it looks like. I mean, even all the adjusted rankings have them – at the top, near the top of almost every ranking. They got a serious pass rush. So I kind of get that line being a little bit low. I mean, maybe that's a game we really just kind of stay away from this weekend. Yeah. And the Indy, Indy Bears game looks a little high for me. That's something that, you know, I just, I'm I just all really, about Hoyer. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hoyer's going to be popular today. So yeah. let's talk about some injuries real quick. I just printed out some injuries here. So we'll just run through it. Uh, Trevor Simeon's going to be fine. Carson Palmer has a chance to play, which is kind of shocking tomorrow. So uh, keep your eye on that. Cam Newton will know a little more later in the week. Uh, I think he might play um, with the extra day. So it could be interesting for a Thursday FanDuel slate if you wanted to get a little weird. Tampa Bay is, like we talked about, a funnel defense. So it's at home. If there was going to be a chance for Cam to have a bounce-back game at 1% owned, it would be in your Thursday FanDuel contest, right, Jeff? Yeah, we came here to get weird, right? That's what you yeah. said at the opening. So Let's get weird, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be that would be interesting. I'd only be willing to try to take that approach on DraftKings so I could adjust later. I don't think I'm going to take that. Yeah, chance. see, I would only do it on Fanduel. Actually, yeah. I'd want to like for like a Playboy Q or something. You know, sure. whether you're going at the five dollar level or the three hundred level, like with a bigger bankroll, I'd I'd do it at the three hundred dollar level. I think that could be interesting. Being I really home. like that play. They're like, what are they like the second, giving up the second most points to wide receivers too. So that could have yeah. some, you get it some nice be, little stack action right there. Could be sexy. Keep in mind your lineup might be dead, you know, right. But, later. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So we talk about not needing to be contrarian at quarterback a lot, right? So why take that additional risk? Maybe what you do is you go after Benjamin or something, knowing that he's going to be unknown with people not knowing the status of Cam. But that's a good call. You know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just talking it out. I you know, just, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a good discussion. Um, I don't think you need to necessarily be contrarian at quarterback. I just think when you can get 
a guy with 35 point upside sure at one percent you know that's kind of the exception like if it was going to be a joe flacco or something yeah and just got in tom that carson palmer is indeed out and drew stanson will start in his place okay that's that's good information breaking news here on the podcast (laughs) uh looks like doug martin's going to be held out uh jamal charles said he's a hundred percent uh, that's interesting. And I think we have Chuck Hendrick West is hurt, right? So that, that's interesting for Charles this week. We'll talk about that later on in the week on the weekend podcast. Uh, Arian Foster doesn't look good. Ryan Matthews is going to play. Tevin Coleman, this is a big one a lot of people don't know about. He has a sickle cell issue, which, which we knew about even last year. I heard about this, which does, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but it does. I don't know why a scientist would know anything about sickle cell, but it does something with your red blood cell count where the higher altitudes actually affect him negatively. So there's a chance he might not play, which would put Freeman uh, drastically in play there. Uh, Dwayne Washington, we don't really know. And Kenneth Dixon's probably on track to play, which would hurt Terrence West. Uh, Kevin White, I believe he was put on IR today, correct? Yeah, yeah. He's so that's, done. That's, that's too bad because he was starting to, you know, actually play some ball finally. I mean, it's good for Alshon and Royal and, and guys like that. Does does increase their value. Uh, Moncrief, we don't know yet. Des Bryant, uh, you guys hear anything on Des? Nope. Not, Not there sure yet. No. Nope. Yeah. At the tight end position. The big one is Gronk right now. Actually, I, actually, I just got something through the wire. He did not practice again today and is likely to miss the game, Des Bryant. Des Bryant, okay. So that obviously changes everything over there. Uh, Zach Ertz planning to play in week five. Uh, Decker's the one that's really interesting, unlikely to play in week five. So obviously we have uh, Nunwa and Brandon Marshall should see about 15 targets. And the last one is Gronk. Um, let's give me your take on Gronk this week, guys. We got Brady back. Obviously we're going to talk about Brady in a second, but Jeff, what's your, what's your take on Gronk? Any interest? Well, I mean, if he's 100% or something, I think a lot of people have speculated that he's kind of timing, wants to time his return with Brady, you know, that he's been kind of taking things along slowly. And if that is the case and we can get confirmation that he is going to be a full go, then I'd be interested. But if it's going to be a situation where we just get information he's going to play and it's expected that he's going to be on limited snaps or something, then zero interest at all, of course. But I will say we should, you know, in relation to that Brady coming back, he's going to be the chalk this week. Like um, I've got some really sneaky plays that I'm only going to save for our Saturday pod. I don't want everyone here, but I will say that Brady, just because he's so obvious that I I'm very high on him, but um, along with him, I've got some really sneaky plays that I'm excited to talk about later in the week. Yeah, I have, I have a couple too. I think Brady's going to – let's gauge Brady's ownership because I'm hearing people say 18%. I think it might be double that. Just – I think we might be looking in the 30s. I do too. On my bet, my over-under would be – I'd set it at like 29.5. Nice. Just to sound smart, not to say 30. <laughs> Yeah, I know decimals confuse you, but you should, like, if you're gonna, you know, like if you're gonna, you know, they actually gonna, do that in Vegas as well, you know, like yeah, if and a half, yeah, heard, that's because they have math behind it. You just uh, pulled that out of your fucking dingus. But uh, <laughs> like, if you're gonna do twenty nine point five, why not do like twenty nine point seven? And it sounds really smart, you know, like go the extra mile, Kevin. It was a line, Tommy. You ever been? You ever bet on a line at twenty nine point seven before? It's unbelievable, well, it, dude. It's the, the same as twenty nine point nine. <laughs> you, are you familiar with Vegas props? Yeah, I, oh, I didn't know he was saying like, a prop. I thought he was giving his projected ownership. Projected no. over under, like, oh my god! Oh, projected over under. All right, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll eat that. I'll take that in the ass. All right, all right. You lose that one. You still have Julio, man. You still yeah. have Julio. <laughs> I'll always have Julio. Speaking of lose that one, I believe we made a bet last week. Oh, oh no! Thanks for reminding that he he turned that one eighty. Uh, I know. Yeah, right? Speaking of prop bets, <laughs> but uh, let's go to the tape i think he'll shock you in ownership really i think really? bias is like is i think he's gonna cute. come in at a double digits for sure i think no. we're well. give me that bet tommy 1k <laughs> okay. 1K on that. all right all right uh, we're not i don't know if i'm doing 1k on a double digit. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> oh fuck it we'll do a thousand dollars on that. all right yes yes all right thousand dollars all right, so Jeff, uh, we did the math, and uh, Kelvin Benjamin came in well over ten percent, not up to twenty. I think he was nineteen in some more tournaments, but he was over ten percent. And I appreciate the PayPal, which you rapidly sent over to me. So we're going to have to probably make another one 
on this podcast or the next one probably maybe the Saturday podcast. no let's do it on the Saturday one for the subs let's do that yeah, we'll do that we'll do but uh Saturday. yeah congrats on winning your first prop bet off of me uh, yeah, and and you you know this is this is very momentous because you know when the first podcast we ever did you were the first one to fuck up remember what, what was it uh, was it over under ten point seven what was the line it was it was <laughs> over <laughs> ten point seven eight was the over so you actually. You actually lost. You actually made the first donkey move on a podcast with me, and you lost the first big bet on a podcast with me. So I don't. I don't want your brand to get hurt too much here. So I'll. I'll let you. Win. Man, yeah. I mean, this is getting pretty rough. I need NBA to come around pretty quickly here. Yeah. I guess. I'm sorry. Right. We'll get all that money we're paying you back for prop bets, Kev. <laughs> so so let's move on here. So we're through the injury report. Let's talk a little bit about the chalk report here. So I just took some notes here on kind of my first glance at what I believe to be the chalk for this weekend. Uh, looking at it, we spoke, we'll start with the quarterback position. We looked at Brady. Brady's definitely going to be uber, uber chalk. I think part of the reason Brady's going to be so chalky is because there's not much that stands out at quarterback this week outside of Brady. You know, like if you really look at the guys I think that are going to come in below him, you know, Ben versus the Jets. I think there's still a little bit of a Jets stigma there where people aren't super excited to target them, even though they don't look like the same defense this year. Aaron Rodgers, no. the next highest total versus the Giants, and Rodgers hasn't looked right all year. Even in his four-touchdown game, he only threw for 210 yards. Andrew Luck is in another high-total game. He's not right, and his line's not good. I mean, I really think we're going to be talking Brady and then Hoyer. I think Hoyer is going to be really cheap, especially on FanDuel, where he's really the only viable quarterback under 6,900. He's at 6K. But do you see anyone else popping out at chalk outside of Brady and Hoyer if you want to punt? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think the San Diego-Oakland game is going to have a really high percentage with both of either one, you know, both Rivers and Carr. Um, especially with Jason Verrett probably going to miss the game. Like, San Diego is going to really suffer on the defense. I think side those guys come in at like 7 8%, though. What do you think, Jeff? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Brady's, Brady's going to take a lot, right, Jeff? I mean, I mean, sure. Yeah, I certainly think it's over 20, but I do think Ben is going to be more popular than you think, Tommy. Um, that's a funnel defense. We talk about in the industry. That's like a really trendy thing to talk about right now where they have a really good run defense and a really bad pass defense. And you've got Ben at full strength coming off of a huge week, maybe on bell back. I, I feel like that's going to be a really popular spot to go. So, those are the two guys that stand out to me as chalk. And honestly, like with Bray in regards to Brady and big Ben, those are pretty tough guys to fade. Like those are pretty good situations. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's not safe. I, I don't think you'd think we'll see anyone over 11.7% at the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> outside, of, outside of Brady and maybe. Uh, prop, probably not much more than that, just because it's going to be so concentrated on those. Two or three guys. Yeah, so because on DraftKings, for instance, Rivers, I'm looking now, I'm probably – yeah, probably, you're probably right. They're only $600 difference, Brady and, and Rivers. I mean, I just – I mean, speaking of funnel, I see everything funneling to Brady. I think people are really undershooting this. I, I would not be surprised if we have the highest quarterback ownership percentage of the year in this game. Not to mention we got some buys this week too, so we have a few less options than we've had, you know, at least in the first couple weeks. But I, I would not be surprised if he's 40% in some high-dollar tournaments. I agree. I really, I really wouldn't be shocked. Um, the Millie Makers and stuff where everyone's doing multi-lineups, definitely. Let's go over to the running back position. Uh, at running back, I just made a little list here of chalk. I think Howard's going to be, you know, Superman chalk, uh, yeah. 5,200 on DK. 7,200 on FanDuel, though. 7,200 on FanDuel, you're getting up into, into that real elite running back status. That I'm curious to see. Where, what do you think? You think he's super chalk there too? No. I don't think he's going to be super chalk over on Bandle. But on DraftKings, he's almost a must play. Certainly in cash games, I would think. Yeah. And he's looked good too, which is a problem. It's not like just exposure. I think he's going to be chalky on Fandle too. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is obviously going to be very highly owned. It's crazy to think all these people are going to be highly owned against the Jets, who I probably was my bias, but I thought they were going to be one of the top defenses in the NFL this year. Um, I mean, they still are in their front – their front four it's just they the front four can't cover wide receivers unfortunately <laughs> yeah actually they probably could cover better than their secondary is right now. But, yeah i mean i think we're gonna see we have some value at running back that's kind of the first thing everyone always looks at so some of the value guys jumping off 
Um, Bilal Powell, if Forte's out, obviously is going to be somewhat of a sexy play at his price. Uh, Jared McKinnon, uh, his price hasn't adjusted simply because they played uh, the Monday night game. Rainey is really cheap. He might have some intrigue on a, on a PPR site like DK. Terrence West, who I'm not really on, and Riddick. Uh, anyone you like out of those group? Don't go too deep into analysis. we got to save it for Saturday. But anyone who jumps out initially? I'll just uh, I'll just hop in with a quick fade. I think McKinnon's an easy fade for me, even at that price. If he's if you think he's going to be popular, I'll fade that. But go ahead, Kevin. Oh, I really like Riddick. I think he's just going to be a useless. Yeah, he's seen, he's possible. Yeah. He's going to be popular for sure. Wide receiver chalk. Uh, I think Edelman's the Uber chalk. I think you guys are in agreement. Yeah, I'm an Edelman whore too. So like, I ha- anytime Brady and Edelman are together, I love to play the guy. So I'm all in, man. Yeah, I think Edelman's chalk. I think Antonio Brown is chalk. T.Y. Hilton chalk and Landry chalk. You with that, Jeff? Yeah, so Landry and Hilton, I believe, are uh, a couple of the only receivers that have got double-digit targets every week. So mm-hmm. I think people are, you know, picking up on that. They're reasonably priced as well. But Edelman will be popular just because someone's, everyone's going to want to pair Brady with someone. And then Antonio Brown, of course, against the Jets would. Uh, might see some Rebus or whoever else in that secondary that have all kind of been struggling. So, yep, yeah. I think you nailed the chalk there. Yeah, some cheap guys to keep your eye on, obviously, Beasley, Royal. Uh, Bryce, your boy Bryce. Bryce Butler did really good last week, and uh, you were on him, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Anunua, obviously, with the Decker industry injury. And John Brown's got, like, 27 targets in the last two weeks coming off, like, I don't know, maybe eight in the first two. Like, is this is this real now? What's going on with John Brown? We've got a new quarterback, so yeah, that game's you know, just going mean, yeah, yeah, no to be yeah. But uh, let's let's talk about that going forward. Like, is that real? Like, is John Brown back now? Um, I don't think he's going to be like a fifteen target guy, but I definitely see him at the end of the year averaging between nine and eleven targets a game. And wow, he's like four thousand four hundred on DraftKings. So I was so excited to play him. If Palmer, if Palmer was, was in, now he's more of the GPP play. To me, I'm probably going to go in full fade mode for this Thursday slate. Yeah. And this should dovetail us right into the Thursday slate. Um, actually, it's just touched on tight end. I think tight end's pretty obvious. It's going to be probably 60% of the field is going to be on Ertz, Henry Miller and Rudolph, right? Gronky Gronk. I don't think so. Uh, no. I don't think so. I think Gronk's a contrarian play still. I think people are still worried. It depends on when the news comes out, right? Yeah. We're going to have to find that out. Right. I, I don't, I think we're going to get news that Gronk isn't okay. Um, I actually, we'll talk about tight end later in the week because I have some interesting plays, not only in the New England game, but some other really cool pivots away from, from Gronk if he does get told that he's going to play a lot of snaps. But I'm not, not a huge fan of it. But let's talk about the Thursday night game. We're talking about John Brown. Uh, we were, we're all talking before the pod how we were hoping that, you know, Palmer plays, but you just broke the news there, Kevin Rappaport, that he's not. <laughs> so, so we're uh, – this game fucking sucks now, pretty oh, much. It's like, there's terrible. It's dude. a fucking abortion here. So, I mean, we have San Fran in Arizona. We have two quarterbacks in Stanton and Gabbert, who we have no interest in. Um, it's really just David Johnson and Hyde. David Johnson Hyde. all day, dude. Yep. I mean, yeah. Any, I mean, talk to me, Jeff. What? Just talk about the the better plays before we we pull a rabbit out of our hat with a sneaky play here. Yeah, so Kevin and I showed up on time to do this podcast, and Tommy didn't. So we had some time to talk about football before That's Tommy so got rare. It. So yeah. rare. It is a shocker. It really is. Yeah, so and, rare. yeah, one of the first things we started talking about was David Johnson and how the Niners lost Navarro Bowman, who's the center of that defense, the captain of that 49ers defense, and uh, how that's going to be a pretty, a pretty big – thing for him I think a pretty big boost uh, you've got the backup quarterback in there now so you imagine David Johnson is going to be more involved in the short passes and the checkdowns as well as carrying the ball maybe a little bit more that'll be a little bit dependent on, on game flow but worst case scenario if he's not getting as many carries he's going to get some more checkdowns I would think so I actually think it sets up really well for him the problem is that price 7900 is the most expensive running back more than Le'Veon Bell, more than, you know, DeMarco, who's, who's been incredible, and uh, Melvin Gordon against that awful Raiders defense. Um, so, you know, it, it's interesting. Certainly a guy you can look at, uh, but not a must play in my book. 
Yeah, I think on the short slates, obviously, it's going to be 95% owned because it's pretty easy to afford everything. But what's your take on Hyde here, Kevin? Any any feel on Carlos Hyde playing at home? I, I like him because of his usage, and I like the pace they play at. I like his price. I just don't like the game. I don't know if I want to look at Carlos Hyde 7.3 points for four days. Um, yeah, you the, know, the worst <laughs> when you get that dude. It's the absolute worst when you plug in a Thursday like like Hill last week. Like we're we're yeah. still on Jeremy Hill tilt, Jeremy tilt. Just it when was, you look at their receivers, Tommy, uh, they're so bad. Like I just, you know, if you're game game planning against the Forty ers it's like Carlos Hyde times five, right? That's who you're carrying to stop. So I would just look at him if you want to play him in a GPP. That would be the only place. I'm not playing him in cash this week. Yeah, obviously on the short Monday, Thursday slates, he's obviously very viable there just because, you know, there's not much else when you're only talking sure. to Oh, games. of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious in these situations what we're looking at. One of the things that I actually – do you have an off-the-wall call? Because I have one that I played in my Thursday FanDuel Playboy queue, which I think is going to be I, – I was the whisperer of this man last year, and I think Tory Smith – burns patrick peterson deep what yes uh he's going to be on peterson a good chunk of the time holy the one thing about patrick peterson patrick peterson plays the left side 60 percent tory smith plays the right side 90 percent patrick peterson is a phenomenal quarterback cornerback he does get beat deep that's the one thing he does get beat deep and tory smith beats patrick peterson deep for a 40-plus yard touchdown this week. I agree until you said for a 40-plus yard touchdown because the ball still has to get to him. He's going to beat Patrick Peterson. But, like, <laughs> no, seriously, though, so I watched this game, right? Before you go and put him in your lineups, Tommy, you need to go watch that game from last week where Torrey Smith was beating guys deep, but the ball was landing 10 yards behind him. Like, Gabbert can't yeah. get him the ball deep. That's why he struggled last year. That's why he's struggling this year. That's why he's struggling in preseason. He can't get him the ball deep. He will get him the ball deep. Gabbert already has a 75-yard <laughs> touchdown under his belt. He has multiple 30-plus-yard completions. How long was the throw, though? Probably four yards. <laughs> yeah, it was all after the catch, probably. <laughs> I didn't say how it was going to happen. He can catch a fucking screen pass and break it 40 yards, and I'm good. But I really do I really do think – I mean, I'm talking Monday, Thursday slate here, obviously. Sure, yeah, yeah. On my main slate. But, yeah. you know, you got to find something weird to win these things. And if yeah. you – Went Eli Manning on the Monday Thursday slate, and you're looking for a hail mary. Um, you know who else? Who else do we have here? I mean, oh, it's bad. Like Selleck caught five balls last week, but McDonald might be back. Curly is actually their most targeted receiver. Like, just think about say that out loud. And he's hurt. He's Jeremy, the, hurt, the hurt Jeremy Curly is your most targeted wide receiver. <laughs> that is just the worst, worst offense in like NFL history. So if you got it, you got to admit that on on week one we watched the Niners together from your pad, um, yeah. and after like the second play, I was like, "Holy shit!" I forgot Jeremy Curley's on the Niners, and I was like, "He's going to be a great fit for that team." Yeah, and he's actually done pretty good. You know? Yeah, we were like, "Dude, we are going to be playing Jeremy Curley yeah. at some point this season." So yeah. that's that's fun. That's happening. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we realized it right away. It was like the first or second drive. We're like, "Oh man, we're going to have he's to a, play Curley at some point." He's a perfect fit for that offense. But yeah. so so we're talking about how bad this game is, right? So let's talk about some of the defenses. What about the Niners at twenty six hundred against a backup quarterback at home? Yeah, they lost Bowman, but um, is that worth a look? I'm intrigued now. I on a full am. slate or on a short slate? Uh, on the short, on short slate, slate, I guess. Yeah. There's not play. a lot of defenses I like this week under in, at DraftKings under 3,000. So I don't mind that. Just yeah. like if I'm really going for the – I want Julio, Antonio Brown team. I don't know if you guys ever do that, but I'll drop in any defense. I, I won about 40 grand with it this week, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so I, I, I do do that on occasion. Wait, how much did, did you pay him to tee you up like that? <laughs> Come on! I gave that him half like, the money I want. I gave him the half the money I want on our bet for that. That sounded so planned. It was like yeah, I don't know if anyone here has ever like rostered. Would I, would I ever, would I ever like feed the beast intentionally? No, never. No, <laughs> no, never no. What are you doing teeing that up for? I would pay him for before the show. I would pay him to tee that up, and he would intentionally leave it out. 
that's exactly what he would Tommy do. Tommy basically are, and I are like basically brothers that have been on like a family road trip for like six months. You know, it's just, yeah, I would just yeah. fucking hate each other right now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I will tell you, if you ever start a business with one of your good friends, uh, be prepared to almost fucking kill each other. Jeff has had the luxury of being on a lot of the text threads. Where I think if we were in person, we would have been bloody. Yeah. Both. Well, there's definitely an Irish Italian stubbornness that doesn't concede, and it's not it's not pretty. Yeah, I wanted to punch you more than Kay Cannon the other night. That was that was how bad it was. <laughs> and that is a because yeah. <laughs> we know you actually have like a Kay Cannon like fucking doll that you made. Voodoo doll. Yeah. I actually don't hate the kid as much as I lead on, but. Uh, any game theory for the Thursday through Monday slates before we shut this down? Um, obviously, this would be a pretty pretty clean slate to fade both games, I guess. We have to factor the Monday game in, too, now that it is on these slates, and these slates only in most situations. Yeah. So I think we're all on the same page where if you want to get sneaky with maybe a Niner D cheap or something like that or – you know, I, I mean, I'm going to play Tory Smith on at least one lineup on the full slate just because I'm fucking bought into it right now. Hashtag tout life. So I have to at least win a dollar off it if it hits. But Carolina Tampa Bay game, any interest here? Let's let's say uh, we're on FanDuel right now because on DraftKings, obviously, we can save the analysis for Saturday. But if you're setting a FanDuel lineup on Thursday, is there anyone in this game that you'd want to include? Well, I'm curious mainly from you, your guys' perspective because this is the same matchup for Mike Evans as it was for Julio, right, Tommy? So I'm curious your thoughts on that. And then from Kevin, the same thing with Mike Evans. Like I know that you're uh, of the mindset that Mike Evans is pretty much unfadeable right now just because of how many targets he gets and everything. So I wanted to pick your guys' brains about Mike Evans in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, Kev, do you have anything you want to start with? I'm all in. Like, I think – I mean, I love your idea. I'm going to probably, like, game stack this thing on FanDuel because, again, when I'm doing, like, a Q or, like, a $25, I'm not going to do that in a high dollar, but right. I'm going to get some exposure to, like, a full game stack. Evans, Benjamin, and both quarterbacks. I actually think your boy uh, is pretty interesting, Winston, this week, Tom. Uh, don't hate it. Yeah, don't hate it uh, in that situation. I just – I don't know if I'm in on Evans, uh, shockingly. I'm, I'm a big BVP guy for interdivisional games. You know that. So I like – that's what put me on Julio, the 16 for 266 last year um, and his propensity to just shred the zone. And just looking now, because I'm just kind of diving into it, in 2014 versus Carolina, he was 5 for 37, uh, 2 for 13 and a touchdown in two games. In 2015 versus Carolina, I think he had one really good game. He was four for 99 in one game and three for 32 in another game. So we do have to keep in mind that this Carolina defense isn't as good as it's been. Um, my problem with Mike Evans against the defense like this is in order to beat this defense, you got to be able to run those quick routes and catch the fucking ball. So, you know, Mike Evans tends to rely a lot on that big play. So I thought the big plays were a little fluky, honestly, for Julio. I didn't foresee a ton of big plays out of him. I thought he would just beat him in volume. You know, I thought he would have one of those 10 catch 160 yard games. I'm actually off Evans. Um, I'm actually off this game on a whole, but I don't hate the philosophy there. I think I'll probably have a little bit of Cam on the Thursday slate. I might have a touch of uh, Kelvin Benjamin there, but I think the Bucks side of the ball, I'm going to be a little bit off. Anything else in this game, guys? No, I mean, I think the Cameron Brait thing is still real. He got nine tar or eight targets last week after getting 10 targets the week before. Obviously, caught two touchdowns the week before as well. Just not an incredible matchup for him. I don't think Carolina has really good linebackers that are probably going to be covering him a little bit. So, just a guy to keep an eye on, though, in the future. They're top five as far as points allowed because I think that zone allows tight ends to kind of sit down, you know, on a mm -hmm. route and kind of have those little those little underneath check down. So I don't want, I like that play quite a bit. And on the opposite side, Tampa Bay has been pretty brutal against tight ends, like, like top five. So it's kind of a difficult matchup for Olsen by the numbers. Yeah. I just, I don't know why there's nothing really that, that I feel is that sexy. I do like Kelvin Benjamin. So I think he has the best matchup uh, of all the receivers, including Olsen going against Vernon Hargraves uh, in this game, which he should see probably, I would say about 50% of the time. So that's pretty much it. That's all we got for you guys. Uh, we will be in the lab nonstop over the next three days prepping for the Saturday podcast, which we launch for subscribers only. That's the gangster one. That's the good one. That's the one where we win you all the fucking money. 
I've so, got this week's Julio Jones, man. Just saying. Tune in Saturday. Oh, okay. I, I actually have – I actually love this fucking slate for GPPs this week. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of obvious chalk that's going to be coming out this week. And if you remember, you know, said that I loved the slate for GPPs last week. I thought it was a fantastic GPP slate because of plays like Julio and Ingram coming in at low own. Um, I have a few this week too, Kevin. I know me and you spoke a little bit earlier. I know we got some, some dimes that we're going to drop on you guys. So if you're not subscribers, get your asses over to fantasyguruelite.com. Go subscribe. Any NFL package that you purchase, you're going to get all the rest of the sports free for the rest of the month. I'm pretty sure Mad Lab alone in MMA will make you your money back. He's been absolutely smashing over there. Jeff's starting NBA with Benny and Thad. Uh, we'll still be doing baseball write-ups for the playoffs. Benny will have that out every day. DraftKings is still running baseball tournaments. We got Trevor doing the NASCAR. We got Vlad. We have JAE doing golf. So make sure to get over there and, and rock that. Get subscribed. Become Hockey's about hockey. to start. Hockey is starting. We're starting our hockey content soon. So we'll have it all for you guys. You can test it all out. Uh, this will probably – I don't want to put anything in stone, but this will probably be the, be the last month where we let you kind of try everything out for free. I know NBA will not be free after this month. So if you want to get over there and check it out, I'm Tommy G. You can find me on Twitter at Tommy G, Kevin Adams at Magic Sports Guy, and my dude Jeff Collins at Jeff K. Collins. That's it for the week five free Fantasy Guru Elite podcast. Good luck. Stay cashing.